You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to the Up Your Brave show here on Reality Check Radio. Natalie Cutler-Welsh here and so honored today to be chatting with J.H.B. Edmonds, also known as Hone. Um, we're going to be diving into a deep topic. We're talking about healing the psychology of man. Hone, welcome to the show. Thank you, Natalie. It's been a, it's a pleasure to be here. So thrilled to talk to you. And I'm going to read out a bio. It's quite long. So just you just relax and get comfortable. I'm going to, um, for those that haven't heard of Hone Edmonds, I'll read a little bit of background and then he's going to elaborate on that. And we're going to dive in. So um, Hay House Balboa author, wilderness adventurer and spiritual teacher, J.H.B. Edmonds, or simply Hone, died after his heart suddenly stopped on Thursday, the 13th of November, 2008. He returned after being resuscitated and waking from a coma. What makes his story so fascinating is that Hone's after-death experience is considered to be one of the longest in the world He was as he was dead without a heartbeat um, for almost half an hour. After going into the coma, doctors told his family to say their last farewells. Prior, he had received eight defibrillation shocks with electrical burns to his chest a multitude of drugs, three shots of adrenaline to his heart, massive brain damage and broken ribs, and a split sternum. Weeks later, his emaciated and brain-damaged body miraculously awoke. Unable to walk properly, he began retracing the, the contrast of his scattered past life and journey beyond the mystical realm he had ventured through. Um, it was while journeying there that the truth and his purpose was finally revealed. Featuring on shows and interviews worldwide and coming from the same publishing house as the late Louise Hay, Deepak Chopra, the late Dr. Wayne Dyer, and Doreen, Doreen Virtue, Hone travels the world conducting silent satsang, meditations, silent retreats, and wilderness retreats. Hone's story, as he shares in his first book, Beyond the Horizon, Into the Light, Return from Death, is absolutely extraordinary. His entire life is held in his backpack. He has not owned a watch, oh, me neither, um, a television or credit card or a mobile phone, and owns just two pairs of hiking sandals and a paddleboard. Coming from a farming and business background to now traveling the planet, Hone assists those who seek the answers to their own lives, such as who am I? What is my sole purpose? What is death? What is life? What is the meaning? What is my purpose and existence, love, passion, healing, relationships, God, religion, cultural conditioning, ancestral healing, fear, and more? The wisdom which he espouses from deep within his conscious knowing is something that was activated since his journey from the other side. He holds this gift preciously, and in doing so, he helps others to unlock that very same presence peace and understanding in themselves. Hone is releasing his next book later this year entitled Alone, 21 Days in the Wilderness, and his next book entitled Healing the Psychology of Man. His passion is suicide prevention, healing from addictions, and healing from ancestral trauma. He established in co-opt a global support network for men entitled Men of Aroha, meaning love, or simply MOA. Devoting himself to a plant-based vegan lifestyle, Hone resides in Bodrum, Turkey, and in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Oh my goodness, Hone, what a welcome for you. And it's such a, such a, huge, intense story that, you know, such a path that you've been walking. And I think timing wise for our audience, 
after the craziness of the last three years, people are starting to more and more question, who am I? What am I here for? And I'm so thrilled that you're going to be shining some light on that with us today. Thank you, Natalie. Is there anything else before we dive in? Because I do have a few questions to start us off. Is there anything else you can share with us with regards to your backstory, your journey? Do you want to comment on what I just read out? Uh, well, when I first uh, woke from the coma, I didn't wake up feeling like I'm appearing or um, as people are hearing my voice now, it was a very, very slow process of rehabilitation for five years, learning to walk again and to regather my steps of my past because I'd lost 10 years of my memory uh, prior to uh, falling into the coma. So everything that... Uh, I was used to in those 10 years before I collapsed were totally a blank. So anyone that I'd met in that 10 years, uh, what my work was, working in the corporate field, um, yeah, people that I'd known for that period of time, I just didn't know them from a bar of soap. So uh, that was very uh, constricting for me at that point and um, being able to handle my world being able to see um, dead people and spirits for um, for a period of time and not handling, not knowing or having the skills to being able to handle seeing spirits. And uh, so I, I a debt of gratitude and thanks to um, a number of people, particularly Sue Nicholson, who I hold dear to my heart. So uh, that's pretty much what my life was um, at that time of, of getting back uh, onto my feet again. Um, but it was a beautiful time as well too, just the gratitude of being able to be alive again. So. What a fusion, that's right, of uh, gratitude and then also this, I imagine, loneliness, loneliness, especially when people from your life, did they come forward and try to prompt your memory and try to tell you about the things you did together and you just couldn't remember? Yes, often. <laughs> <laughs> but it got to the point where it was, uh, I, I think a lot of it came back uh, when I saw a photograph or mm. of, of a certain place, or if the person that I couldn't remember would explain how they knew me, and uh, it would slowly come back in, in a clouded version. And so I try not to get too uptight about it now because uh, that's all part of life. And um, I kind of just live my life in the present now and um, just uh, just go just go forward from today from from the now. So yeah, given given that huge exactly given that huge journey and everything that all of us have been through in the last three years. Do you have any kind of, I don't know if this is the right phrase, but, you know, words of wisdom or any message that you want to share with our audience and particularly our a Kiwi audience here in New Zealand, but of course people will be listening to this from all over the world. Do you have a message that you want to share with us given what you've been through? And I know now you're living quite a minimalist lifestyle. What would you love us to know or be aware of? Uh, you're talking about the previous three years just gone? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the... Uh, well, I think it, it's it's been a trying period for a lot of Kiwis, but I think for a lot of people in the, particularly in the Western world, have had to uh, to cope with 
the restrictions that were placed on us in terms of the uh, lockdowns and the so-called pandemic. And uh, for me, it didn't uh, affect me too much because um, prior to the, just prior to the pandemic uh, occurring, I I spent uh, a good part of a year in that pandemic just living alone in the forest and mm. wilderness. So uh, the, the the forest is, uh, it doesn't change. Mm. I mean, it's it's that culmination of chaos in, in, in the forest and nature and beauty rolled in one, but that that has persisted for centuries. And so I was quite adapted to living in that way and I really had this aversion to looking at a television or hearing news so-called news on on the radio and television and I kept myself completely away from from all that because of uh, the fact that I just wanted to live completely in purity and uh and I pretty much still live that in that realm now just to just to keep as uh uncontaminated as possible by living predominantly my life predominantly in amongst nature well i mean nature is so powerful and i know um you know, just being in nature, a lot of people are talking about more and more grounding, you know, forest bathing, things like that. Um, but you definitely are living a very minimalist lifestyle. Um, how, how has that how has that changed your ability to, I guess, just really hone in on what's important to you, like you said, and not be distracted and not dilute your energy? Well, personal opinion nature for me is 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 pure uh as i said before it can it it also has chaos in a forest uh, I, I touch on s- certain stories in alone uh in one of my books of of how chaotic it can be uh how much work is involved living in nature and uh but also how pure it can be in nature as well too um there's no corruption. It's unpolluted in, the, in mm. the sense that the stars look incredible at night time. The birds sing beautifully at 4.30 in the morning when, when I wake up. Uh, you get to, to live in tune with nature in the sense that when the sun goes down, I'm generally asleep within an hour after the sun goes down and when the birds start quietening down for the night and I wake up when the birds wake up and to be in that modality of existence I can be uh, uh, in touch with nature and living naturally in nature in nature's own uh, I won't say time but in its own in its own course of existence and i just love that extraordinarily Mm, yeah the rhythm of nature so the topic today is healing the psychology of man also the title of your upcoming book i imagine Mm. nature is part of that what else is part of that process what else is going to help to heal the psychology of man 
<clears throat> well, I guess in, a, in, in, in essence, man either has to come to this conjuncture by looking in the mirror and saying, is my life in conflict now? And if it is in conflict now, what is the course of action or what is the remedies available to me to being able to completely eliminate conflict from my life? Mm. Uh, I think personal experience for me was waking from the coma. I mean, you're in a hospital and so you can't help but see a television screen and I remember when I first saw a television screen after being on my journey and coming up coming back here I was just totally re repulsed by just mm. the energy that came out of a television and I think that the the blessing from that was um I didn't need to um constrain my myself and my life to to being in in that field of of a television and being um manipulated or in any way by the television and uh and from that i kind of was lured more and more to things that were that involved that had more purity to it and i found it very difficult to meet with so-called aligned souls that understood not only myself and my journey but also understood this new path that i wanted to embark on and it was very much similar to the path that they were also on as well which is a path of growth uh, a path of surrender a path of curiosity for life itself and a path of uh innocence mm -hmm. so almost like a child uh, learning in life and in a way we deeply down deep down we are a child learning through this process of life itself and this um inordinate ability to doubt anything that came came your way and if there was no subsistence to whatever it was just being able to let it pass by and not not being able to grasp grasp onto it and and to um to go into a a waste time wasting dialogue with it because as i say uh, we <clears throat> we're our object is to avoid conflict in our lives and conflict can come into our lives in various ways, um, personally, spiritually, religiously, energetically. Um, and uh, the television is, is, is another way of being able to, to distract us. And um, so it, it's very complex, but if you can see it for what it is, you're able to just let it go by and um, just remain in that place of staidness, of stillness, of balance, and of harmony. Yes, because, I mean, there's no shortage of opportunities to 
take the bait as such in terms of conflict, especially when one does have the TV going. Um, but I guess you're advising maybe it's more a matter of I, what came to mind for me is like a river flowing past, like observing, just observe and allow it to flow on. But you don't need to, you know, jump in the river as such. Very much so. Um, it's actually you you touched on it beautifully is the fact that it's like jumping in the river and just letting the river take you down and just going with the flow. Mm. And it's so critically important is being able to go in the in that flow um, and um, seeing them as like clouds in the sky rather than uh, getting ourselves into a dialogue with whatever it is in life. We just see it for what it is from an observatory point of view and just let them go past. Mm -hmm. Because they will change. You know, a few minutes later, things will change like the clouds do. They look different. All right. So for those of you listening, we're getting a bit deep and meaningful today. And I'd love to hear some feedback or if you're willing to ask yourself this question um, in my life, you know, what is what is the conflict at the moment? Is there conflict in my life right now? Um, and what is the course of action or, as Hone says, the remedy? Um, ask, you can ask yourself or you can even get in touch with us and let us know what reflections you've had coming up so far from our conversation. And as it continues, you can send us a text 2057 or email inbox at realitycheck.radio. You were talking about televisions and it made me think of, you know, all the things that we've got going on, like the computers and inventions, rockets and robots and, and whatnot. Um mm. So we've got all these things, you know, these mechanical mechanisms and, and whatever, which are designed, I suppose, to make our life easier or better in some way. But, but yet men, man, men and women, we uh, continue to kind of suffer and struggle and, and f- fight each other and worry and stress. I mean, you know, what's what's it all about? <clears throat> well, this is a question that, I get asked often is, is um, uh, you know, will AI, will the computer enhance my life for the better? Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess when we look at our lives over the last several decades, uh, we've become a species of accumulation. Uh, we love to acquire things, whether it's, uh, you know, we acquire a home and then we want a bigger home. We acquire a vehicle, we want two vehicles, or we want the next model. There's anything that's in fashion that we just want to be able to have the nicest of shoes, the nicest of clothes, and you're constantly keeping up with the Joneses and uh, with the way that humanity is 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 going and so in that there comes a cost because with that cost it's maintenance maintaining these things that we have gathered or, or man has gathered and then having to work harder to be able to buy the next new fashion for their life and so all that expectation and stress that's placed onto the psyche of man it becomes irreverently true in their eyes that they must have this and they they 
must find the right person in their life or they uh, must acquire more and more of these accumulations to bring the sense of so-called happiness into their life. And so it's almost like doing the moon dance. They're, ma they're making steps forward, mm. but they're not, they're, they're not moving anywhere because they're, they're having to work so much harder to acquire the, the things in their life to give them this short-lived sense of so-called happiness. And, and then does it then lead to perpetual dissatisfaction because they just want the next latest and greatest thing? Well, it's the it's the fight or flight syndrome. I, I guess we could we could say it is it the fight or flight syndrome, and and does one need to work more and more to uh, to find that sustenance of happiness that we're looking for in our life too, or do we just come to a part of surrender and say? I give up this rat race. I give up the opinions of trying to live in the eyes of others. Um, I just want to live from another place. And that place that I want to live from completely is from the heart. And, and when we come to that conjecture in ourselves to being able to say, I don't care what the world thinks of my journey, I'm, I feel my truth involves now here going forward is just coming from this place within. And it's a big step for a lot of people. And I understand what it can be like for, for, for those that are coming into the, the stream of awakening because it can be a lonely path at times. Um, it was a, it, it was a deeply, uh, uh, there was a, many times I was alone, but I never felt loneliness. And so in that I didn't, I, I just continued on. Uh, and it was quite, it, the wondrous thing about it is that going out into that world in my aloneness, in my so-called truth, following what was deep within rather than the expectations of others, the doors of abundance actually just opened. And I've actually just had the most incredible life over these last, you know, 15 or so years since then um, that I could never have imagined in, in a thousand years. It's just been an extraordinary life. And um, I, I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that, uh, I just chose to follow that that yearning within. Yeah, well, you use the phrase following what, what was deep within. And I imagine some of the listeners, because when I hear you say that, I smile. I'm like, I'm happy for you. But also part of me says, um, but how did you know? You know, but how did you know? Because so many people make decisions, right? Up in their head, you know, this makes sense. That's a good idea. What's the worst that could happen? Pros and cons. You know, so many people do that, but that's not the way to be led through life. How, did you just listen to, did you have a feeling in your body? It was a very strong feeling. Uh, and, and if I wanted to follow my heart, but I didn't, I didn't know what was ahead of me, uh, 
I love that feeling because when you go to a place of the unknown, it gives you a sense of enormous vitality and energy and, and aliveness to your life because no one's gone where you've gone. And it's just you and your instincts that are that are working. It's a lot like going out into the into the mountains. Just your backpack and uh, your tent and and and, a, and some food. And you've not done this trail before, and you know that you're going to be spending anything from a couple of days to a couple of weeks alone on on these trails that you've never been on before. And and it's incredible because your instincts and your skills of of, of living in that way, uh, they uh, they come into action, and all of a sudden you know that you you can survive, and in that you see enormous vistas. You experience um, periods in, in the in those times that you spend out in the in the mountains or in the wilderness that you just cannot put a price on it and you just kind of touch yourself and you think i can't believe that i'm in this place enjoying this experience had it not been for that deep intuitive want to go out into that great unknown and i love that aspect of life And it's never too late to do that. It's never too late. Uh, I mean, that desire that uh, that burns within now is still prevalent now. And I, I could probably say that that would probably continue on forever in, in my life because... Uh, there is no, there is no um, seeking of wanting to to live in a standard um, matrix style existence anymore because my life doesn't uh, focus around the expectations of others and it doesn't focus around time and time of course means memory and with memory comes. Uh, trauma, suffering, uh, thoughts, and being able to live without without those weighing me down or weighing mankind down, weighing humanity down. Life tends to be tremendously full of that vitality that you see when you see a a child playing, a one-year-old and a two-year-old just playing with uh, very, very little, if, if anything, no fear, and this tremendous amount of curiosity towards life and wanting to learn more about life without it being polluted by the expectations and the opinions of others. And living in nature definitely is enables me to live in that way. And it, in a way, too, helps to keep my brain alive because you're having to think outside of the mundane and the dull 
of life itself, of which life can very well be mundane and dull because it becomes repetitive or repetitious. Uh, each day rolls into the same after another, after another. And but when you're living in nature, every day is completely different to the day before. Every experience is completely different to the day before. And there's always something new to look forward to. And, and I definitely love that style of life itself. Well, your comments about, you know, Groundhog Day and also about the Matrix will definitely be resonating with a lot of our listeners because a lot of people are now, especially off the back of the last three years. I know I keep mentioning it, but people are now looking for alternate ways to live that are more enriching, more community based, less reliant on the grid or also less immersed in the Matrix, as you mentioned. How can they get started though? Like if they feel they want to do that and what everything you're saying sounds amazing, but it, what if they're still constricted by, you know, oh, I'd love to do that, but, you know, and then they fill in the blank. What is like an easy first step for someone to move towards a life that they're they're feeling called to, but they're just too scared to embrace? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I was, I probably wouldn't recommend doing it going in the deep end like I did because <laughs> I, I had I came into the, I came into the world um, full of gusto and uh, and I was uh, you know I, I guess stubborn because I, I, I intuitively I was very very drawn much drawn to when you're being in a hospital for a month and all you hear is the beeping sounds of a machine of machines and in, in, in your next to you your bed and being inside four walls i remember looking outside the window and seeing all the trees of uh, the forest below me from the from the window of my hospital bed and and um i guess you know many readers who have read my first book know that i escaped from hospital three times and uh i was apprehended uh, once or twice trying to escape from hospital and I thankfully I don't remember any of that but if anyone was looking to again as I said before is that being able to look at themselves in the mirror and saying am I living is my life blissful in harmony with with existence itself or am I living stuck in this realm we refer to now as is called the, the matrix and if i am living in conflict in that system mm -hmm. uh, it's obviously not bringing joy it's bringing me enormous heartache but in seeing that and examining that i'm realizing now that my life is ticking away tremendously fast and do I see myself living this matrix existence for the next year or 10 years or decades? Or as a man, and I'm saying this to the men out there, am I able to um, say I surrender? Because it's extraordinary, extraordinarily challenging for men to say I surrender, particularly in this country. In New Zealand because it's all about 
you've got to be a man. You don't, uh, you don't uh, just l- don't follow your feelings. You just puff your chest out, take a deep breath, and get on with it. And that's been the 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 uh, crutch of of the problems that males have, uh, particularly in New Zealand. And this is why it has been so evidential in the rates of suicide that we've seen mm. in this country being the highest in the world. And it's and and so for a man to even consider the word surrender, it's very very unfamiliar and it's not attractive for a man to come to that point of surrender but from from a point of well if if it means changing and to be the man that you truly are there's nothing wrong with surrendering because there's nothing wrong with going down a path that's not conducive to your own joy peacefulness and happiness and we just stop and don't go any further and say where is is the path uh, that I should be going on and how do I embark on that path and so to being able to fulfill ourselves in a way that brings uh, such an enlivened sense of vitality to our lives that we may not have experienced that ever in our lives before and we're coming to that point of well, how do I go about doing it well for me coming out of the hospital I already knew what I wanted to do because um, no one could talk to talk me into doing anything because I was such a I was stubborn as a mule, <laughs> and uh, and uh, my family would know that my children would know that and a lot of my closest friends would know that and uh, but as the ensuing weeks and months and years went on, they realised that. The, the path that I did choose following my heart was was the right one. And I'm not saying that it's always right. I mean, there are challenges that I come across, uh, but nothing like the challenges that others would uh, face when they're confronted with those challenges living in the matrix. And so mine was just a very, very quick change. Uh, and but for those that have come to that realization of do i see myself in the same rut in the same dull monotonous routine uh, in the next five or ten years as i've been experiencing in the last five or ten or twenty or thirty years Mm. and if, if 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 it is a yes then the change is required and so in order to make that change rather than doing it overnight just like I did um, uh, I've learned this this uh, saying they say in in, in Turkey um, where I lived there since 2017 uh, they, they say this beautiful saying and it's just yavash yavash and yavash yavash just simply means just to take it slowly slowly and take each step cautious step one at a time and it's a gradual change so um it it, it could be uh looking at my vocation or looking at their vocation their career 
is it take is it fulfilling them or change it uh is my house over ex uh extravagant is the way that i'm living extraordinarily over the top um uh full of attachments things that i'm having that i've bought that i don't use anymore you know and just cutting those out of your life and they're just doing just addressing each one of those um strings that are pulling us down that are tying us up and designing your life a little bit like an artist you know is drawing a, a magnificent masterpiece on a canvas and then redesigning that life bit by bit by bit because the masterpiece isn't isn't painted overnight a masterpiece can take months and so it's being able to making the change but also being aware of the 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 it's a little bit like an addiction is that i know that i'm going to feel a sense of sadness if i get rid of this uh, jet ski that's been sitting in my mm -hmm. in my in my garage for years i've never i've only used it once and then and then knowing that there's probably going to be a period of of mourning of sadness getting rid of it and then all of a sudden you think I feel better afterwards getting rid of that and I'm getting rid of this and I'm getting rid of this and getting rid of that. But also uh, being aware too of the vacuum that, that, that it's leaving, it's like a gaping hole and thinking I need to fill it with something else. Mm. Well, the object is not to fill it with anything. It's to being able to live with it um essence of space and spaciousness and this we don't see we don't feel that 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 emptiness that spaciousness within our lives because we tend to want to cram it up with having to doing things all the times and we're not we, we have to remind ourselves that we're not human doings all the time because this is what humans tend to be uh convoluted with is the fact that they always want to be doing something for the future and doing something for the future but not, not living in the present moment of now and realizing well, what is causing this urge to wanting to always live in the future that doesn't arrive anyway and much of that is driven that energy is is driven by fear the the fear of the unknown what we were just talking about before and so i always say just take the take the stages of of coming out of the matrix going into the world i mean i'm very blessed to be living in a world that's so-called off the grid uh I, I i don't want to be a part of of living in that old world that i used to delve in you know 15 years ago and uh, and to live in this the stream of existence now is uh is exactly what i wanted to create in, in designing my own masterpiece 
Um, but just it's it's good to have some somebody uh, to be there as a coach, just to check mm. in, just say, "Am I doing okay here? Do I need to make any tweaks here?" And um, and as we say, "Yavash, yavash," to take it slowly, slowly. And and your journey as you live in I think three different countries over the year and you you move around have you met some amazing people that that have similar views and values or they're on a similar um, path as you in terms of living more simply living more by what you feel guided to do rather than expectations of others I wish I did <laughs> uh I've I probably I've only met um, I've only met two people that live in the life that I live uh, in the last fifteen years, and then my dear friends, uh, Miriam Lancewood and Peter Rain, and they live full time in the wilderness and travelled the world. I've spent a bit of time with those guys. Um, there's another family that I know of that have lived much longer, probably close to 35 years, uh, completely off the grid and um, far, far away from any other humans. I think the closest humans to them is 40 kilometers and there's no roads to get to their home. Mm. Uh, you've got to walk for, for two days uh, to, to get to their home. Uh, I've always had a dream to meeting this particular family. Um, but in terms of meeting anyone else that uh, lives uh, a similar way of life to me, it's only just been two people, and that's been um, Peter and Miriam. Uh, but there are definitely a number of people that are living self-sufficiently off the grid. Yes, and those numbers are uh, definitely on the rise. They definitely are, and it's just a joy to see, particularly over the events of the last three years. I've got a question before I go to the the four questions that I ask all my guests. Do you feel that mankind, you know, have we evolved as such um, with everything that, that's going on and all the things? Have we actually evolved spiritually? I would have hoped we'd, we've evolved in the last few years, but what do you see? Man has devolved. Mm -hmm. They haven't evolved. We man might look at themselves. He might see himself as uh, accomplished him or herself in the educational fields, uh, but they've sacrificed themselves to living in a lineal existence following a certain path, uh, following a certain way of life, which means a system. Uh, and uh, So in terms of that question, nor do I think mankind should be called mankind because man has seen over many, many decades is that they have invented they have they've uh, invented things like the wheel the motor vehicle the advances in science and surgeries that could never have been achieved 100 years ago or longer 
but in so doing the mind of man has also created the atomic bomb the missile systems the poisons that have then gone on to create tremendous devastation and harm and suffering to innocent human beings so when i hear that word mankind being used i kind of cringe i can feel the hair standing up and up and what on my back not that i have hair growing on my back but i can just feel the shivers when i hear that word because we have to ask ourselves is is man kind in the way that he treats another sentient being and i'm talking not just humans i'm talking about animals i'm talking about nature the trees mother earth itself the waters the air and it's been quite demonstrative what man has done in the world with the intelligence that he has obtained over these last 100 or more years and so the evolution of man has been uh, an incredible exchange for a certain system that they've been taught from childbirth that you're not good enough and so you need to go to school to become something and in that doing when you have either failed or you've become something you then have to go to a university and become something and at university and, and if you don't achieve anything worthwhile in university or you may dislike the degree or the uh or the honors that you're going forward on and you decide you want to have a change it's just you just find yourself coming and hitting a brick wall because with that comes an enormous amount of other expectations being able to live in that lifestyle of this career that you now have your hands and so uh it's always going to be a to and fro that when you uh, follow a system you then don't have those you don't have the freedom anymore to be able to look down on your world and see the world from 360 degrees all you're seeing is the world that you've been indoctrinated in which of course is a linear world of of, of systems and processes uh, exactly and it's and a brilliant time for people to think about as you as you phrased it so well the the masterpiece the artwork and how they would love to redesign maybe maybe their life um with some of the things we've discussed in mind and that's why i love talking to you today hone and also so many other guests there's intertwining um themes coming in so for those of you listeners if you missed my episode where we talked about the school system. Um, I interviewed Karen Tui Boys. You can check out her interview and also the Empowering Men um, show that we did related to some of the themes that have cropped up today in this very in-depth and um, philosophical discussion that we're having here with J.H.B. Edmonds, Hone Edmonds. Hone, I'd love to ask you at this point the up your brave question. Um, what is something you've done in the last year 
where you've truly upped your brave? Um, in the last year, I think one of the the greatest things I've done in this last year, and, and it might be just something that's quite common to, to many people, is the fact that, you know, I grew up on a farm, so I'm, I'm actually a farm boy. We still have our family farm back in Hawke's Bay. And um, we grew up milking cows and sheep and horses and um, and in that we we would raise these enormous gardens of growing our own food. And so um, I've, in the last year, I've really got into getting back in my, my fingers in the earth and, and growing. And, and one of the reasons I suppose it's been uh, a, a real um, incentive for me is the fact that I don't really trust the foods that we buy in the, in the fruit and veggie sections of, of supermarkets anymore unless it's organic and so mm. I've, I've wanted to grow my own food that's um, not genetically modified and not sprayed with so much um, chemicals that um, are so prevalent now in the world and for me that's been a really big one for me and and I'm you know even though we did gardening as um, in, in our youth, uh, I'm finding even now that I'm still learning more and more, and it's been quite an exciting um, adventure for me to to uh, get my fingers into the soil and and watching uh, the 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 work and effort that I've put into growing the food here on our piece of land here, and that's been wonderful. That is, that's awesome. And again, many people have also been embracing gardens and a bit more of farming um, and, and similar concerns, you know, around what are they literally, what are they feeding us? Not just on the, on the computer, not just on the television, what are they feeding us? But at the grocery store, what are they feeding us? Lots of concerns. Um, what about the bucket list? What is one thing that you would love to do, be, or experience that we can possibly help you with? Uh, on the bucket list, I mean, this is something that's kind of uh, when you told me that question straight away, my my unticked bucket desire, bucket list desire came straight ahead, and that was um, to being able to uh, build a forest school mm. for children and um, to take children out into the real classroom, which is out into nature and. Uh, I've been uh, fortunate enough to uh, to meet several families uh, who are, are doing that. Um, and uh, would that be in New Zealand or one of the other countries? I, I, I ultimately would it would be lovely to have it here in this country, but I can't see any reason why it couldn't happen in another part of the world as well. Too um, the so uh, I th you'll find that, you know, for, for me, I, you know, we learned a lot growing up on our farm in nature, um, and and it was a it was a sincere blessing to to be raised on a, in nature, and we learned so many skills uh, growing up on 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 the farm, and it wasn't until I actually moved into the city that I realized my friends who had 
lived, grew up in a city, didn't have that experience and weren't able to, didn't have the skills to, necessary to be able to to grow food or to learn about nature, to learn about biology, to learn about the our deep, deep connection to uh, not just nature, but also just to the stars and knowing that we are this, um, we are the universe, we are the world itself, we are the godliness within ourselves, but we and when you're when you're living in in a, uh, a a linear world within the matrix, all you see yourself as being uh, a slave to the system. And uh, to raise children in that uncontaminated, that pure harmony of of learning in nature. They just want to gobble everything down and learn and learn and learn. And, and I just love seeing the enthusiasm that children have on their faces when they are out in nature. And for me, being in a classroom situation was just not conducive whatsoever to my happiness. And so I'm, I'm probably uh, speaking on behalf of a majority of the world in that regard. Well, the, there's so much concern at the moment with some of the things that are being taught in schools. Um, so especially the curriculum, the sex ed class, we've covered that in a few of my shows. So I think more and more people are homeschool is on the rise, but forest school, nature school, definitely. I know there's some some stuff like that in New Zealand. Um, I don't know the extent of it or what age. I think it's mainly for the younger ages, but what a great vision. So if anyone's listening and you want to help Hone to create that um, reality, building a forest school, you can get in touch with him um, or get in touch with us. and We'll pass the message on. What is coming up for you in the next six months and how can people connect with you if they do want to reach out and be in touch or buy your book? Uh, in the next six months, really, I'm actually building a little um, wee cabin. And so that's been my little project that uh, I've been working on over the last few months. And, and over the next few months, we'll be to bring that into uh, realisation. I'm not talking about a house. It's just something that's uh, maybe just a little bit posher than what than the tiny little cabin that I have in the forest here. <laughs> and uh, so I'm looking forward to that project. And uh, what was the other question? You How can people find you? How can they buy your book? And how can they connect with you online? Oh, yes. Okay, right. Well, I've just, um, I need to change my bio because it said I haven't had a phone for a number of years and I've just bought one. And uh uh, so I've set up a Instagram page, and so I'm JHB Edmonds on Instagram or uh, on my author page, which is on Facebook. Uh, I can be contacted there as well too. On the Facebook, is it JHB Edmonds again? JHB Edmonds, author, spiritual teacher. Amazing. Okay. We will put those links, everybody, on the replay page. But if you're listening and you want to go right now, you can look him up on Instagram and send Hone a message. Uh, before we wrap it up, Hone, is there anything else you'd love to share with our audience today? I think uh, I think the main thing is to first ask ourselves the question, 
am I truly happy in my life? If it's yes, then go ahead. If you, if one can stand in, in front of the mirror and say, oh, I'm actually feeling like I'm in a rut or my relationship with myself or my relationship with my other, my partner, or my relationship with my life in general needs serious looking at it, needs to be examined seriously, then it needs 100% commitment towards achieving that goal of being able to attain that timeless, joyful, balanced, harmonic life that every sentient being on this earth seeks and to not just uh, play with it or experiment with it or or to maybe just do it on a part-time. I think it's important that we put serious focus, 100% focus into that objective to extrapolate ourselves away from the grind or the relationship that I'm in to find that perfect balance of joyfulness and peacefulness and stillness and timelessness because we're talking about here uh, living our life and without the watch without a watch without anything that's holding us back even releasing ourselves from the memories of our suffering and to give it forgive forgiveness and light and love to that for it to enable us to embark on that journey going forward and to give it great attention Brilliant. Such wise words. Thank you, Hone, for joining us today. Thank you so much, Natalie. It was just a pure joy to be on the show and uh, just want to thank the audience for um, taking the time out to listen. Amazing. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We've been talking to J.H.B. Edmonds, Hone Edmonds, Healing the Psychology of Man. Thanks. You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR. Reality Check Radio.